Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikmo. With me is Benjamin Solak. Ben, we're not alone this episode. We have a very special guest with us, and it's very topical this week. I know you're excited for it. You're excited. You excited for this topic? Well, I literally, actual yesterday, I was talking about the fact that like every year, I think when we reach this phrase of the NFL draft cycle, I think I remember how excited I'll get. Yes. And I never do. I'm always underestimating it. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked. The excitement is well warranted because on today's episode of the podcast, we have the one and only Jim Nagy, who is the executive director for the Senior Bowl. It's been a very exciting week for people over in Mobile, Alabama. It's pretty exciting every week, actually, as we've we've figured out from Jim that they're working 365 to put on this awesome event. Jim, thank you so much for joining us, man. I know it's been a crazy week, but it must be an exciting time for all you guys and your staff down there, huh? Yeah, it is, guys. Thanks for thanks for having me on again. I uh, love coming on with you guys. Yeah, it's been an awesome week. It's been uh been really busy but it's the culmination of of really a a full year's worth of work you know we started doing the tape work on these guys last march and then uh you know just really engaging the players through social media for the past however many months 10 months now or whatever um it's been it's been a process so you know it's fun getting these invite invites back right away because you know these kids aren't on the fence at all they're they're getting the invite and they're all in so it's been uh it's been a lot of fun and it's it's been so cool to see how you guys have taken the Senior Bowl, and I know this was something that you tried to implement uh, right away as you kind of came in, but the exposure to the whole process of what you guys are doing and and uh, even the videos of just you know physically sending off all those invites was so cool to watch. I think it was 45 schools, 81 initial invites, and I just wanted to ask you right off the bat, how do you guys come up with that initial list, that first wave of invites that you send out? I know you guys are watching a crazy amount of tape in the summer and then as the season begins, what goes into picking that first wave of guys that you would really want to see in Mobile come January? Well, it's uh, it, it really boils down to guys that we, we think are like really safely draftable, you know, and we're talking like first two days really is what it, it boils down to. Maybe, maybe we get into the fourth round grades a little bit um, and the, you know, then it, it, it depends on position too. So, um, a little bit is where we know there's going to lack some depth uh, later on in the process. We'll, we'll maybe try to try to fill up positions uh, pretty full on these first round of invites. So there, there's a lot of different factors that go in play, but we, you know, we they're all players that we really like. Like you said, we've we've been watching the tape. Our staff, we've already seen 111 of the 130 FBS schools live in games this fall. Um, in countless small schools, I, we haven't even put that list together. What it is, so you know, we we know we know these guys. You know, we know which guys we want, and then really, you know, to give the NFL uh, some input on the back end of the roster. That's why we hold some, because these rosters are for them. We're building these this roster, these rosters for the 32 teams. So um, that's the part of the process that gets really fun as well. Is when we can start making those calls the week of Thanksgiving and, and start going over kind of the holes we have left in the roster and, and who we would like to see those those spots filled with, but really bouncing them off the teams and get their input. So it's right. So you say this first round of invites is these top flight guys are expecting day one, day two, maybe round four picks. As is often the case with the senior bowl, the, a lot of the small school guys are the, are the first to kind of say they're going to come through. Is obviously a big opportunity for them. You've got – 
uh, uh, who's who of names right now. I got Trotman, the tight end out of Dayton, uh, Kyle Duggar, excuse me, out of Dayton, Kyle Duggar out of Little War Ryan, Robert Hunt out of Louisiana Lafayette, a couple offensive tackles I've never heard of, but that's okay. That's always the case, and usually one of them ends up being pretty stinking good. What do you have to see from the small school guys specifically to have that amount of faith in them? And then of these guys, who are you most excited to see? I know you've said there's a couple you haven't been able to see in person. Is there one that really stands out as a head above the rest? So talk about the process of identifying these small school guys and what they can do to get you so excited that you want to bring them in on this first round of invites. Uh, yeah, and that's part of it too. We really want to, we do want to get the small school guys in right away. Um, cause again, we, we've put all the work in, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to identify these guys. So, you know, why would we leave it to chance and, and let them hang out there for a while? So, um, no, I mean, really when it comes down to small school players, they have to be dominant at their level of competition, right? I mean, it really, they really have to stick out. So that's the, you know, one downside of I, I love that the draft has become really popular, um, but I, I almost feel like, it, you know, there's, there's some sites out there and stuff that really it's all small school oriented. And it, to me, it almost provides some of these guys with some, fills them with some false hope. Um, the NFL is such a hard league. And, you mm-hmm. know, so these small school guys that do get in the game, I mean, these guys are, these guys are like rarities. So, you know, I, I went and spoke to a, a team, um, I won't name the team, but I went and spoke to a team recently, and uh, I said to them they were, in a, they were in a group of five, but it was an FBS school. And I said, you know, how many guys in this room can name the amount of players drafted from your conference last year? And no one raised their hand, and I said one. I mean, we're talking a FBS group of five conference had one player drafted. Wow. So. Right. When, when people are throwing around all these small school names, like, guys, it's, I think it gets lost on how, how really hard it is. Um, so these guys like Adam Troutman and Kyle Duggar, these are legit guys. Mm-hmm. You know, like I saw Trout, I've seen Troutman and Duggar the last two days. And uh, first of all, I mean, they look like NFL guys. I once had a, a young scout ask me at a, at a school one time when he was just getting started, you know, what do you look for when you body type of player? Like what kind of notes do you take? And I just said, you know, you could almost boil it down to yes or no, you know, because to me, you, if they, there's just, they look like an NFL guy or they don't, you know, they have the frame. Of course, there's going to be some outliers. Of course, there's going to be a bad body guy that's just a really good player. Um, but for the most part, probably nine times out of 10, you can walk out to a practice field and identify which guys are good, at least going to get a shot in the NFL. So, yeah, it's a really, it's a really good group of guys. I mean, the guy that sticks out to me, it's one thing to, be an FPS level player, even even Division Two is really hard. Um, but the fact that we we're getting a D three player in the game this year, Ben Bart from St. John's yeah. up in uh, Minnesota, I mean that's that's pretty amazing for this guy and what he's gonna what he's gonna you know run into down here in Mobile. And uh, you know again, this is where the relationships in the NFL really pay dividends. I, I give all my friends in the NFL a ton of credit. They're great. Um, we've got a great relationship with them, and it's just years and years of working alongside these guys. But started, you know, the phone started ringing on Barge probably about, I don't know, like week two or week three of the season. It was actually pretty early, and uh, we we got some tape from the from the Dub Center and started watching it. And he was he was one of those guys that he got better every exposure we had. You know, you could see him getting better and better. He's got an NFL body. He's you know six oh five three. I think he was in the 270s verified in the spring, and now he's up to, 
I think we talked to a scout there through the last week. He was like 303 or 305. Yeah. So he put on a bunch of size. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's really an interesting player. You know, I don't know if he's quite Ali Marpet, who came to the game a few years ago out of Hobart, which right. is another D3 school. That's the, you know, that's going to be the comparison, Barch, to, to, uh, to Ali. And I didn't, I didn't do Marpet other than at the Senior Bowl that year. But, uh, no, this kid's got a chance. I mean, I think right now, I mean, everything we're hearing back from the league, a lot of teams are fifth round to, to you know, seventh priority free agent. But I think it, with a good week down here, I mean, he might be – he might be in a fourth-round guy because he's, uh, he's a good athlete. And, and obviously, um, coming from a small program like that, you know, he's got a lot of development left to do. So, to me, the sky's the limit with him. Yeah, I feel like we always get an offensive lineman or two at the Senior Bowl who just shows up, and it's hard to win one-on-ones, especially with some of the cats that y'all get down there on the defensive line. But when they when they play well and when they they they, they look good out there on the hoof and they talk well to teams, you know, there's always a riser there on the offensive line. But you you brought up visiting Duggar and Trotman, and I really wanted to ask you about this because this was cool. I mean, I've never seen like hand delivered senior bowl invitations before. Uh so I, I, I want you I, I I know that I saw it on Twitter. I don't know if our listeners did. You went and, and you went to one of the small school guys in Kyle Duggar and, and you were there at practice with him and he got his invitation at the end of practice. And then I think today you were there in Dayton with with Trump. And can you talk a little bit about the decision why that was important to go give those those players the those invitations that just kinda what that was like. I mean that's a huge moment for those players. It's like a scholarship. It's like, it's like a it's like a scholarship video, you know? Yeah. Everybody loves seeing those. So I love that idea. Yeah, I'd love to hear about what that was like. Yeah, it was you know, we're just trying to we're trying to create more buzz around this game, guys. And and we appreciate you guys helping promote our game and you guys do a great job, you know, talking about the game and our players. Um, but that's what it, we've got such a great event. When I took this job, I felt like there was so much untapped potential um, in a lot of different areas. And one of, one of them was just the promotion aspect. This is an incredible event. You're, you're bringing down a hundred plus draftable NFL players for one week, you know, putting them all together in front of 900 NFL people. And just the, you know, the different dynamics that are at play down here during the week between, you know, the players and the coaches and then agents and the teams and, there's just so much going on. It's such a great week, and, and there's so many opportunities over the course of the whole calendar year for us to, to really shine some light on that. And I, I'm with you. Like, I love seeing those walk-on videos where the guys get the scholarships. And um, so, yeah, it was cool to go up there and, and, and see Kyle and, and Adam and, and give those. Again, those are, those are you know, really life-defining moments for those players. You know, you, the schools were great with us, you know, creating those moments and, uh, it was it was great. I was leaving Dayton and uh, got in the car and looked at my phone and a, a GM from the league um, had seen the Duggar video from the day before and he just said, you know, what you're doing, creating those moments for those players is great. Yeah, you know, keep it up. And that that made me feel really good because it's a guy that I have a ton of respect for. Um, sure. You know, and he's obviously he's obviously watching what we're doing and they draft a bunch of players out of this game. So it was, it was cool. It was, it was a really fun couple of days and, and I know I'm going to remember it. And, uh, I know those players will too. It was, it was really special. Yeah. That was a really cool moment there. So, all right, we talked about some small school guys there. I want to go to the very top here. You guys already got an accepted invite from Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina, who, man, this kid can play. This kid is good. Uh, everybody kind of knows it at this point. You wrote in a tweet saying, hey, he's going to be a first-rounder regardless. And there's been plenty of guys like that in the past. You mentioned Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller. 
you know, you can go back and say, you know, guys like Baker Mayfield, two number one overall selections who have been at this game for the senior bowl. And, you know, we're, we're seeing all kinds of stuff now where guys might shut it down for a bowl game if they know they're going to be in the NFL or, or you know, stop doing something because they're getting ready for the draft. And I understand that to each their own and, and, and sometimes guys think that's right for them and, and that's totally fine. It's their decision to make. But when you get a situation like this where, you know, you send out the initial invites and a guy like Javon Kinlaw responds right away and says, I'm going, you know, like what is that? What goes into that for those guys who are going to be first-round players who to, to, to say the Senior Bowl is still worth it? It is still worth going to there and um, and making a name for myself in Mobile. Yeah, we were so excited last night. I was on the phone with uh, an agent when the email notification came across on my phone, and I, I mean, I, I let out a pretty pretty big scream. I'm sitting in my car. <laughs> People in the parking lot were freaking out. They thought I was going nuts, and the the agent on the other end of the phone was probably you know didn't know what I was what I was doing. But uh, no, we're we're really excited. Javon, he is. He's a really good player. I mean, he's a great player. He's got a chance to be. Um, I mean, go as high as you want. I mean, he's he's just scratching the surface. The kid took his game to a different level this year. Yeah, he's he did. super motivated. He dropped a bunch of weight. His body changed a ton. Um, so, no, I think, you know, what it, what it says to me, I mean, a couple things. One, to me, there's almost more reason for these guys at the top to come here because every single one of these draft slots is worth so much more money than you can go from the sixth round to the fourth round. And, yeah, it's a big jump and you make a lot of money. But if you go, if you go from 11 overall to six overall, I mean, that's, I mean, you're talking millions and millions of dollars. And, uh so, again, a lot of guys that are usually talked about in that range of the draft are juniors. They don't have the opportunity to come down here and spend a week, you know, immersed in the NFL. And, again, this is a human this is a human business. These guys, these GMs taking the cards off the board on draft day, I mean, there's a human element to this thing. And when you're around a player for seven days, it makes you feel a lot better about taking that card off the board when you know that your owner is going to be scratching a check for – $25 million on that player. So these guys, I mean, that's why I brought up Miller and Donald. I mean, those guys were, those guys were going to be mid first round picks. I mean, Vaughn was going to be a top five pick regardless of right. he came here. But to me, it's almost, it, and also you got to fast forward to the second contract. A lot of times when, you know, you're working on that big second deal, you know, part of it is like, okay, what are we going to do when this guy really, what's going to happen when he really gets paid? You know, is, does he love football enough that he's going to keep keeping the same player he's been, or is he going to take his foot off the gas a little bit? I think Javon Kinlaw just made a statement like, on my next deal, like, you're going to get the same guy. Like, I was with, coming out of college, I was willing mm-hmm. to come down to the senior bowl and compete. I'm still going to be the same guy when you give me $100 million. So, um, yeah, we're really excited to get Javon. There's still a couple couple big fish out there with Derek Brown at Auburn and Raquan Davis at uh, Alabama. You know, we're, our goal is to get three of them. I think that, uh, you know, I think getting Javon here, you know, should, should show those guys, you know, come down here and, and compete with me side by side and let's, uh, you know, it, it'd be great, you know, especially three SEC players. Uh, it's pretty exciting to kind of let your mind go there, what it could look like in January. For sure, and I think also if you're uh, if you're an interior offensive lineman, you think you're a good player, you want to go make some money. Yeah, Kinlaw's weight. Go you know, block go him. Some reps. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's that. That's the cool thing about you know kind of putting the best against the best there. Which, that's what the the social account's been saying for the senior bowl is the best of the best. Um, but speaking of which, two guys who stood out to me. Uh, we're talking about big boys as well. Uh, Brian Edwards out of South Carolina, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, out of USC. Two huge bodied wide receivers. A couple of the biggest guys that we've got at the position in this class. I think two guys have also risen a lot this year. When it comes to bringing in wide receivers for the game. Are you are you looking to get different molds and different body types? Are you, are you trying to get you know uh, guys you know different different size corners who can play different alignments so that you get that that good versatility in these wide receiver one on ones? Or for these big guys, was it just you know the dominant performances that they've had this season, helping out their young quarterbacks? Like how excited are you for for these dudes who they're so good in these one on one situations? You're going to get crazy reps down there in mobile. What's it like bringing in these sorts of guys? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Any position, we're just looking to bring in the best players. I think it's a really good question about, you know, if we're looking for different sizes and skill sets and body types, we're, we're just looking for the best players. And it just happens this year that it's a really – it's a big wideout crew. So, yeah. um, you know, those were those are two names that have already that have already accepted. And, and I'm staring at the board right now, and there's like – Antonio Gandy-Golden's another one. I mean, he's a, he's a beautiful-looking yeah. three guy as well. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's going to be a really pretty looking wide receiver group. And, uh, you know, Brian Edwards to me, and I, I just posted something about it. I saw them play Alabama this year. And sometimes it's different when you scout players live. Sometimes when you see something in person, it, it just has more of an impact for you. It's true. And uh, Brian Edwards game against Alabama. I mean, he was so aggressive and strong and just played such a grown man's game at that position. I mean, I, I love the player. I mean, if I were a team, he'd be a guy that I'd be really fired up about trying to target in the draft because I think he's just got an NFL game. He's got an NFL body, and he's got an NFL mindset. I mean, he's you, you watch his game. I mean, he is he is what the NFL is playing with at that position at, at a high end. So, uh, and, and Pittman Jr., I, I haven't seen him live, but usually when they look as big as he looks on tape, they, in person they usually even look bigger. So right. um, he's, he sticks out on tape. He's a big, fluid athlete, and he's dominated out there in the Pac-12 this year. Um, had an awesome year. So we're, we're really excited about that crew. And uh, the corner crew is equally as good. I mean, those are, those are the two position groups compared to last year um, that there's significantly more talent is at wide out and corner. Love hearing that. This is the last question we got, and it's it's kind of a little bit of a culmination of different things. When I'm looking at the tight ends and the ones who have already accepted, you got Jared Pinkney, you got Bryson Hopkins, you got Harrison Bryant, right? Guys like that. As we've seen the NFL evolve, almost taking leaps every single year with how they use offensive players. You talked about having an open dialogue with the NFL and people in the NFL about who they might want at this game. Are you seeing that from the tight end position, there is a vast desire to get all kinds of different tight ends? You know, because even just those three guys that I named there, different style of tight end players, and yet they're all coming to play, you know, that the title of the same position here at a really important game in Mobile. So for these tight ends, are you almost seeing that this is where an NFL team or an NFL uh, executive is saying, hey, we want to get creative and look at a different amount of guys with this tight end group you got coming in? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I see where you're going. Yeah, I see where you're going with that. It's uh, it is kind of an evolving position. I think it's it's evolving with the league, and the league's getting smaller at a lot of the league's getting smaller and faster. Yeah, um, at a lot of positions, and, and you know, to me, with the with the tight end group, you know, you you you're always going to need at least one big bodied Y on your team. You know, when you want to go heavy packages and run the football. And then you can get by with a with a little bit of a smaller body if he's willing to put his face on people and at least you know at least try to engage and occupy. Um, that's what NFL tight ends coaches get paid to do. You know, a lot a lot of these guys are so far behind technically from a you know from a technique standpoint when they get to the NFL. And that's what I was telling uh, Adam Troutman yesterday when I was up at Dayton. I said, you know, just just come off the ball and, and fire your gun. And if you you know if you whiff on some stuff, like but at least show them the aggression. At least show them that you're willing, you know, you're willing to try to dig people out and and uh, you know shoot your hands and just be aggressive, and uh, and then the, let the coaches, you know, that's their job to to really get you get you straight. So, yeah, it's it's a diff, it's a it's definitely an evolving position, and you know we're probably going to end up bringing uh, eight tight ends this year. You know, last year we were in a situation where. Uh, Alec Ingold was a guy that had draftable grades across the league. We didn't talk to one team that had that didn't have a draftable grade on Alec from Wisconsin, and he actually went undrafted, but which is still crazy to me. And he's he's obviously starting and doing an awesome job lead blocking right. for uh, Josh Jacobs in Oakland right now. But uh, you know, without without in this year we don't have any draftable fullback grades, so we're probably going to turn to a couple um, like height deficient tight ends. Mm. Um, to to fill those fullback roles, so you'll see you'll see a really good uh, spread of of, of skill sets at the tight end position in this year's game. Yeah, no, it sounds like it's an awesome crop already of guys that have been uh, that have accepted their invites. I know there's a lot more just, coming. We're gonna I'm just scrolling through my tight end list here, trying to find guys who are shorter than six <laughs> two. <laughs> I'm sure they got some people out there that are uh, they got it up their sleeve, but. We are very excited to watch the rest of the invites kind of come through as the next couple of days and weeks and even months leading up to the Senior Bowl. Jim, thank you so much for joining us, man. I know this is you've been a multiple visitor of this podcast, and we appreciate it every time you come on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. And uh, if you guys are going to be up in Tuscaloosa this weekend, I'll see you up there. Oh, we will no, have some TDN. It's not us. Oh, devastating. We are going to have some TDN representation up there, though, at, uh, at LSU Alabama. Very much looking forward to that. Big shout-out to Jim for joining us on the show today. Don't forget, guys, Fan Friday coming up tomorrow. Until then, you keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft.